Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, congratulations to all of our people that are graduating high school around here. I got to tell you, I've heard just in the last 24 hours about two debacles. One was in Fairfield. I don't remember which high school it was, Fairfield Ward or the other one, but it, they, it was a disastrous graduation ceremony with a tremendous amount of pouring rain, a lot of people showing up that couldn't even see the person they were hoping to see graduated to, torrential downpour. They had to run out, soaked to the bone. And that was Fairfield, so that didn't go over too well. Thank you, Mother Nature. Not. And then I'm hearing in Weston today, as the kids are taking their final exams, that the fire alarm keeps going off. And so, could you imagine you're taking your final? You know, it happens once, okay? So everyone is like, okay, we have to put down our pencils. We've got to leave the room. And we've got to wait until the fire drill gives us the all okay to go back. Well, you know, you've got to switch gears and get back into concentrating, which isn't always easy to do. But apparently it happened a second time. Talking real-time news right now in Weston. So congrats to all the kids. I've got my own story. You want to hear this? So when we were, we were, I graduated high school in New York, and New York has something called the Regents Exams. And the Regents Exams were an end-of-year compilation of the curriculum that you would sit for. I don't remember if they were two hours, three hours, but essentially it was a subject matter exam that you would take in the course when you were completing it. So if it was algebra, geometry, biology, whatever it was, there were a lot of regions, Spanish, French. You had a regions for basically every substantive course academically, at least when I went to high school. And the reason the regions were important was because we had four quarters of grades, and each one of them were by a number, not a letter. So you get a 91, an 85, a 92, and you would get four quarters of grades. And then your regions grade would count as a fifth quarter, which would overall give you your average. And if you were a grade grubber like me, who was trying to be very, you know, top of my class and all of that stuff, which I was, uh, every single grade counted a lot, and it was very important for me. And in my school, which was Lawrence High School, a public school on Lawrence, Long Island, part of the five towns, I lived in a little town called Woodmere, and we went to Lawrence High School. Um, in In my particular class, there were 690 kids. 
And I was competing because I had aspirations to go to a good college. In those days, not everybody went to college, but I would say a good 50% of us did, maybe 60 or 70%. But there was still a healthy amount of kids that never went to college when I was going. And you're talking 1977, 78. I technically graduated in 78, but I left in 77. That's a long story. Anyway, uh, but what I wanted to say to you was how important the regents were. So let me tell you a story. I'm thinking about my mom today, and uh, my mom and dad are in Boca. I was there over the weekend, and this is a story of how a mother is a mother. So I took my regents exam for chemistry, and then I went to... Europe on a teen tour. I was 17 years old and I was away. And in those days, it took a while between taking an exam and knowing the results of your exam. So the exam was taken the last week in June. I went on my first trip to Europe. Uh, I went on a teen tour throughout, and I actually, it was a study program. I studied at Cambridge University, the Lee School, for about a month. And then we did a little bit of touring and bicycling around Europe for a couple of weeks. And then I came back and I went to college. This was after my junior year. So while I was gone, my mother got my report card in the mail. And she saw that I had scored a two on a regent's exam in chemistry. A two. A two. So she went to the school and she sat down with the principal and she said, I think there's a mistake here. Because it says that Lisa got a two on her regent's exam. And the principal said, what do you mean there's a mistake? It happens. People fail exams every day. Maybe your daughter was very stressed out. My mother said, very stressed out? Who do you think you're talking to? I'm a New York City high school teacher. You get a 10 if you write your name. What do you mean a two? There has to be a mistake here. He said, Mrs. Kamen. I really think you're overreacting. I think maybe your daughter had a bad time with chemistry. That's her grade. She said, absolutely not. I insist that you go back and check the records. He threw up his hands. He said, fine. He said to himself, probably, oh, another hysterical parent. This is what I have to deal with. This is going back a long way. Anyway, it turned out I got a 92, not a 2. And then they redid my grades, which was a good thing, because after all, I was on my way to college that fall. And the story that my mother tells all the time is, and the point of the story is, that people make mistakes all the time, and then they defend the mistakes that they're making because they simply don't want to work. They don't want to, they don't want to do the work to find out that there's a mistake, or they want to defend the status quo, or they want to defend the system. That there is an entrenched interest for people, they put on a different hat, a different persona when they're in positions of authority. And many, many times, even though they can see right in front of them, right in front of them, that a mistake has been made, they won't admit it. And you have to do what you have to do as a parent, as an advocate, as whatever it is you are in life. And you've got to say, excuse me, that mistake needs to be corrected. Which brings me to my story of the day. My story of the day is about a man who served 28 years in prison for a mistake that was just now corrected. And this is a mistake in which he was accused of gunfire that killed a seven-month-old baby and maimed, paralyzed her grandmother while they were innocently sitting in their own home. Uh, his name is Mr. Cardin, C-A-R-D-O-N. 
and he was just released from jail yesterday. We've actually asked his lawyer to come on the show. We're hoping that we will hear him and we'll hear Carmen, C-A-R-M-O-N, pardon me. And we are hopefully his lawyer is going to come on and tell us more of the or of the facts. But what I want to say to you, remember we interviewed that wonderful basketball player and her husband. What's her name? Maya. What was her name? Okay. Also, Melissa's having a brain freeze moment. Justin, what's the name of that brilliant basketball player who wrote the book with her husband? And she was a Yukon Maya. What? Maya Moore. Maya Moore. Thank you. Maya Moore came on the show with her husband to talk about the fact that she met him while he was in prison, while he was unjustly in prison for decades for a crime that he never committed. And her frustration was not so much that he was initially, it was terrible that with all this misconduct and everything else that he was initially sent to jail, but her frustration over the years was that as much as it was so obvious that her husband, who was not then her husband, was innocent, the people in power refused to admit their error. They simply wanted to continue to defend the original mistakes. And that's how you get to somebody serving decades in jail for a crime they didn't commit. It's a series of people who, once they are in power, will not admit that somebody made a mistake. And it is so infuriating, it is so astonishing, and it is so upsetting. So listen to this. Nearly seven months after granting Adam Carmen a new trial for the 1994 murder of baby Danielle Taft, State Superior Court Judge John Alander dismissed the case entirely on Tuesday, saying, quote, Mr. Carmen, the criminal justice system failed you. And so what happened is the judge found out a while ago, a while ago, he had made a determination that it was a mistake, that Mr. Carmen never belonged in jail, that there were a series of police misconduct actions and prosecutorial withholding of what we call exculpatory evidence in which the jury was given a distorted picture of what happened that day and therefore convicted this man of a crime that apparently he never committed. He spent 28 years in prison after being found guilty of committing a 14-bullet shooting through a window of 810 Orchard Street which killed seven-month-old Danielle and paralyzed her grandmother, Charlene Troutman. All the while, from the beginning, he said, I'm innocent. I didn't do this. I'm innocent. There was new science, the suppression of numerous pieces of evidence that could have been used in his defense. Judge Alander uh, cited all of that. And in his decision at the time, which is seven months ago, ordering a new trial, he said, quote, how could anyone have confidence in a verdict of guilty in a case such as this? So on Tuesday morning, another seven months went by. New Haven State's attorney, John Doyle, informed the judge that his office had reinvestigated the 1994 shooting and, quote, despite additional evidence, said the prosecutor uncovered by the investigation, quote, the state doesn't have enough evidence to retry Adam Carmen for that crime. And therefore, they finally, after 28 years and seven months, move for a dismissal of the case. Now, it's terribly, terribly sad because the Troutman family has no peace. The Troutman family doesn't know who actually did the crime. Somebody did this heinous crime. And they are out there looking for people who might have any evidence or recollection back in 1994 of what happened in this event. They don't have any peace feeling that there's any justice for this terrible tragedy, this terrible crime. But Mr. Carmen has lost 28 years of his life for a crime he didn't commit. 
Now, how does that happen and why does that happen? It happens because of things like my mother going into a principal's office with a transcript in which every other grade was over 90. Every other grade, I never got anything in my 80s by then in high school. I was a straight-A student. I was in every honors class. But he wanted to say that I got a two on a Regents. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome back to the show. You can call me at 203-333-9422. In the next hour, we're going to chat with Dr. Orna Goralnik, a couples therapist. And she's a fascinating woman, and she created a very, very big hit show, an unscripted show all about couples therapy. 203-333-9422. So what do you think about all this? Have you ever had an instance, an example in your life where you felt the frustration that somebody in power simply wouldn't look at the facts in front of them and change their mind? Has that ever happened to you? Where you can say to yourself, I know exactly what Lisa's talking about today. Exactly. Because that happened to me and I wanted to cry. You know, I, I remember I told you not too long ago that I was at the Ridgefield Playhouse and a woman insisted that I put the sticky security badge on my suede coat even though there was, she was talking about like turning a corner through a hallway to go to see uh, Jimmy Webb, who was waiting to see me and say hello after I'd interviewed him on the show. And she knew who I was. I wasn't posing a security threat to anybody. The whole thing was a joke. But she had a little bit of power, and she wanted me to put something on my garment that I felt I didn't need to do. Has that ever happened to you where you have felt like it could be a little thing or a big thing? being in jail for 28 years or a regent's exam that could have completely screwed up your GPA or somebody not letting you in when they know who you are. Have you found that? Have you found that, that, that sometimes it's so infuriating that people in power, they, they just won't admit when the policy is wrong or when they've made a mistake or when, or just, or just that, or when somebody in the chain of command could have been not so interested in the letter of the law, but more the spirit of the law. I, I, I want to cry when those things happen to me. I, I want to cry. 203-333-9422. Because I feel like, I feel like, can't you see how obvious it is right here that you don't need to be taking the position you're taking? Can't you see that if you just expanded your brain a little bit for reason, and understanding flexibility in the moment, that you wouldn't have to stand on ceremony about this. You know, you know one of the, um, when I went to law school, I went to NYU Law School. And every year, first-year law students have what they call a moot court competition. 
the moot court competition is a mock trial, and you're given a role as a first-year law student of whether you're going to prosecute a certain crime or defend it. And our moot, and we always, most laws, most lawyers remember their moot court competition case because it's a, your first true digging deep of a case in which you're asked to argue the point. And we all, most of us remember it. My moot court case was a case that revolved around the issue of the prosecutors of um, the prosecutorial misconduct of withholding exculpatory evidence. And that is a big mouthful. And what that essentially means is that there is a whole creation of precedent. There are many, many, many cases in law in which it can be shown and proved that prosecutors who hold all the cards in the deck when it comes to criminal proceedings, they hold all of them. They knowingly, intentionally, willfully suppress, don't show, hide evidence that would tend to exonerate the person that they've charged. And when they do that, it is a crime for them. It is an abuse of discretion for them. It actually is a crime. It is certainly a gross ethical violation. And it is a really, really bad thing to do because it totally perverts justice. So what happens in our criminal court system is that you've got the police and you've got the police detectives and they're doing their work. They're supposedly doing their work not to get a particular bad guy, but to get whoever is the bad guy. They're supposed to be collecting evidence in a neutral way to try and figure out who did it, who done it. That's what the police are supposed to do. That's their job. When they have enough evidence, they hand it over to the prosecutor. Now, sometimes what happens, and then the prosecutor makes a decision. Does the prosecutor have enough evidence to think that he can convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt that this person did the crime? And when they're not sure, they bring it before a grand jury indictment first, and then they get sort of a threshold opinion, and then they go for the second round, which is in front of a, a full and public jury. But most of the time, there isn't a grand jury indictment. Most of the time, the prosecutors will get evidence presented to them in a nice little bow and package from detectives and police, and they will look at it hopefully dispassionately and objectively and see whether or not there's enough there that they feel they can convince a bunch of other people that this person did the crime. Now, sometimes what happens in the course of investigating, because the investigation continues very often past the initial charge. So sometimes what happens in the course of the investigation is that there's an oops, an oops. And the police find another witness or a bit of testimony or a DNA analysis or a weapon that would tend to, to, to make you think that, wait a minute, the person we charged with the crime, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe there's an element of doubt here. Maybe there's a second set of fingerprints on this gun that might point to somebody else being at the scene that we ought to investigate. Maybe. And so if the police are honest, they will report that to the prosecutor. And the prosecutor then has an ethical duty to say to the defense counsel, you know what? We have a second set of prints on the gun. Maybe it isn't your guy. Maybe we do need to do some follow-up evidence with DNA. Maybe your guy is telling the truth. That is their ethical duty. Because otherwise, how do we have justice? The defense counsel doesn't know about the second set of prints. The defense counsel may not know about every little bit of evidence that the detectives are gathering. 
The detectives and the police department have all of the resources. They have the money. They have the resources. They have the laboratories. They have the funding. They have the manpower. And they do the work. And so the system gets perverted and distorted when the prosecutors don't disclose what they really have. They don't disclose it. They say to themselves, you know what? I'm not going to win this case if I let the defense know about the second set of prints because guess what? A jury may find reasonable doubt. And you know what? I need that conviction. I want that promotion. And this is the kind of thing that Maya Moore was talking about. This is the kind of thing that people talk about when they get immersed in our criminal justice system. Is it supposed to happen this way? Absolutely not. Are there honest people doing their jobs every day? Of course. But are there some bad actors, which is why Mr. Carmen ended up in jail for 28 years for a crime he didn't commit? Mounds and mounds of misconduct found by the police and the prosecutors who apparently knew for a really long time that this guy didn't do it. And so this guy's going to come out of jail now. And what's he going to do? What's he predictably going to do? He's going to sue the system. And he's going to say, you negligently allowed me to stay in jail way past the time I was supposed to stay in jail. I've now proven beyond a reasonable doubt to a judge and now the prosecutors who are not bringing another case that I shouldn't have been here for all this long. So we, the taxpayers, are going to have to pay because he will probably bring a basic negligence suit against the people of the state of Connecticut in which he will argue, the lawyer will argue the facts in a different way. He's not in a criminal court. It's not about a reasonable doubt. It's about was there evidence, was there exculpatory evidence that was not properly exposed, that was not properly shown? You know, sometimes the reason people stay in jail is because they just have a lousy defense counsel, and that happens. Not everybody's going to be Clarence Darrow. But... Sometimes it happens because the prosecutors knowingly, willfully, along with police, kept down evidence they knew they should have shown. And that was my moot court case when I was in NYU as a first-year law student. So I remember that very, very well. Anyway, we hope that Mr. Carmen can have a useful, productive life and try and leave some bitterness behind him if he can. And we hope that the Troutman family achieved the justice that they deserve to find out who killed their little baby girl and paralyze the grandma. I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be right back with the next hour of the Lisa Wexler Show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.